To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Big tech scales back hiring and mass layoffs are just a part of the story. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. It is Friday, which means it's time for our Week in Review, Marketplace Tech Bytes. On the show today, Google launches its new AI tool, Gemini, to the public, finally. We'll look at whether its chatbot Bard still has a shot at catching up with OpenAI's ChatGPT. Plus, ousted Congressman George Santos becomes a star on Cameo. Just how did the internet rehabilitate the one-time New York rep's public image practically overnight? But first, this week, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek announced the music streaming giant is cutting 17% of its workforce. Those cuts to 1,500 positions make up the third round of layoffs at the company this year. Here's the thing, though. The size of Spotify's user base is actually growing right now. For more on this, I spoke with Anita Ramaswamy. She's a columnist at Reuters Breaking Views. Spotify has done well, especially in its last quarter. But the thing is that the market has responded really well to previous layoffs. If you look at Spotify's shares, they've actually more than tripled since the CEO started cutting costs. And so part of the reason why he said he did this, at least to employees, is that he wants to be on a more sustainable path for growth in the future. Growth numbers came in pretty okay in the last quarter. They actually were pretty good. But in North America, growth is starting to moderate in terms of premium subscribers. And it's important to remember that Spotify isn't actually profitable at this point. Yeah, all good points. And also worth noting that Spotify exceeded expectations uh, from analysts when it comes to operating income in the last quarter. They're indicating a positive outlook in terms of financials going forward. But then you have some macro concerns also looming large here. Spotify, as you say, is not the only big tech company cutting workers right now. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about the jargon that we're hearing uh, from companies. We hear downsizing. We hear terms like right-sizing. In fact, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek used that one this week. Um, but now there's this thing called micro-cuts. These are, I guess, the opposite of mass layoffs. Help us understand how common are these micro-cuts in big tech right now? They've become increasingly common across the industry, especially as a lot of the workforce is being shifted from other initiatives to things like AI, which has been a really hot area. 
Amazon had some job cuts where they said they were going to reshuffle part of their workforce. Alphabet had the same earlier this year. These CEOs say, okay, we're going to actually be hiring in this other division, but doing sort of micro cuts right now. I think that it's emblematic of tech companies really having overhired during the pandemic. You know, because if you look at the overall labor market, it's doing quite well. But if you look at the labor market in tech, that's what we're seeing these rounds of layoffs. And it's really interesting to me because I think the traditional, you know, strategy around layoffs has been do them once, do them quickly and cut deep when you cut. But what we've actually been seeing from these tech companies is, like you said, a lot of these micro cuts that are just happening in rounds. Do you get the sense that these smaller incremental cuts might be about maybe trying to fly under the radar a little bit? It's definitely possible. I think it's kind of a bad strategy because then you have more headlines around the cuts. And I think it also blindsides your workforce. You know, I think if you see you're working at a company, you see, you know, they had a round of layoffs, you kind of hope that, okay, they got it done with and my job is safe. And that's just not been the case in tech. Yeah. Well, these are definitely uncertain times for people who work in tech. Um, But as you said, there is one growth area that we consistently hear about, and that is artificial intelligence, which is going to bring us to our second story of the week. Google launching its new AI tool, Gemini, to the public. This is Google's latest large language model. And um, the way that it's been described by CEO Sundar Pichai is that it will flow across all of Google's products, right? Including Bard, which is the competitor that Google has uh, to OpenAI's ChatGPT. That's really the big story here, isn't it? You know, is Google too late? I mean, do you think Google has a shot at this point of making Bard a viable competitor to ChatGPT? I think they definitely have a shot at it, but they were late to the game even starting out. And so I see this move as more of them catching up to ChatGPT and GPT-4 by OpenAI. We're not going to really know exactly how, you know, how well this model performs until early next year, because what Google did is they launched three versions of the model, you know, from biggest, mid-size to smallest, and the mid-size model is what they're actually incorporating into BARD. The most powerful model they say is going to be incorporated into BARD early next year. So that's what, you know, I'm really looking forward to watching when people start actually using the product. Are they, you know, seeing that it's better than ChatGPT on a daily basis, better than GPT-4, which is the subscription, the paid product that people are paying for from OpenAI? Yeah, so you have these tiers. And for now, Gemini is only going to be released in English. So more to come uh, in terms of that ultra tier at the top of the uh, of the list as well as other languages. Google says Gemini beats ChatGPT4 in 30 out of 32 benchmarks. It's pretty clear who they are targeting, who's got the target yeah. on their backs here, right? It's clear it's clear competition and it's because Google was sort of caught on the back foot being a bit late to this despite already having AI capabilities in house. We saw earlier um, this year where they consolidated their two teams that were working on AI to have more of a consolidated strategy moving forward because OpenAI was really putting pressure on them in terms of the tech. But one thing that I saw that was interesting was I was reading from the MIT Technology Review what they thought about the new model. And they were a little more skeptical. They said that it does perform better on a lot of these metrics, but not by a lot. And that a lot of the model's capabilities aren't really anything substantially new that we haven't seen before. So I think it's a big move in terms of, you know, Google kind of catching up to the competition. But the bigger question is, where are they going to go from here? And what capabilities are they going to add above and beyond that are actually better than GPT-4? How much of an opportunity do you see the the team in Mountain View uh, looking over up in San Francisco at OpenAI, the disarray in the boardroom there and all the drama there last month? Is this an opportunity? 
I think it could be. I think that opening I still really strongly positioned, though, you know, with all the chaos at the end of the day, they still ended up sort of right back where they started with a little more change to the board and the governance structure. Microsoft is still supporting them in a really big way. So in a funny way, it's almost not a battle between Google and OpenAI, but it's a battle between Google and Microsoft to see who's going to hmm. win. And both are incredibly well-resourced. We'll be right back with more of Marketplace Tech Bytes Week in Review with Reuters Breaking Views columnist Anita Ramaswamy. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Dramali. We're back with Anita Ramaswamy, columnist at Reuters Breaking Views. Finally, he was expelled from Congress. <laughs> now, now George Santos is a star on Cameo. Santos has reportedly made more money in 48 hours this week than he was making in Congress. Pretty unbelievable stuff. Anita, all I can say about this story is that the Internet works in mysterious ways sometimes. Yeah, it absolutely does. I think it's completely wild that in just four days he was able to outdo his congressional salary and he... I think originally started charging $75 per video, but there was so much demand that now he's able to charge like 400 bucks per pop. <laughs> and I thought this was hilarious that Senator John Fetterman paid him to troll Bob Menendez about his ethics record. Yeah, the senator from New Jersey. So even people in Congress are kind of getting caught up in the whole Santos drama. <laughs> yes, they are. And here I thought, by the way, that Cameo was dead. Um, I actually read like a multi-thousand word piece on this in the New York Times not too long ago. And I guess I was wrong about that. <laughs> it's really interesting. So Cameo's CEO has even come out and said and given some interviews saying that Santos's appearance has been one of the strongest celebrity debuts on the platform. And he compared him to like Sarah Jessica Parker, Bon Jovi, some of these really big megastars that helped propel Cameo in the first place. So it's interesting to see that somebody like George Santos has captured so much attention that now people are talking about Cameo again. Wait a minute. Is he on the A-list now? Is this what's happening? Maybe. <laughs> According to the Cameo CEO, he is. That was Anita Ramaswamy from Reuters Breaking Views. You can find the full video of this episode of Marketplace Tech Bytes Week in Review on our YouTube channel, Marketplace APM. And subscribe if you haven't already to watch us every Friday. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. Rosie Hughes and Daniel Shin also produce our show. Becca Weinman is our engineer. Daisy Palacios is our senior producer. Kelly Silvera is our executive producer. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.